In today's episode, I'll be talking about dun-dun-dun perfectionism, how it might show up for you in your life, and things you can do to actually reduce the ways that perfectionism can get in your way. Welcome to the Remote Work Retirement Show. I'm your host, Camille Tell, and this is the only show dedicated to remote work for semi-retirees, people leaving the workforce, and people working in retirement to help them have peace of mind that they can live how they want without the fear of running out of money. This episode is brought to you by my little perfectionist monster. I should probably have a name for this thing. I don't. Maybe after today, I'll come up with one. But once again, I had another idea for a podcast episode. So my best laid plans for episodes are kind of going out the window because what happens is I have this great plan and then something happens in my life and I think, ooh, this would probably make a good episode. Or probably if I'm going through this, other people are going through this. And so why don't I go ahead and record that? (laughs) Which kind of brings me to today's topic all around perfectionism. I'm going to break this down. I'm going to talk about how perfectionism shows up for me, how it shows up for people inside of Remote Work School, my coaching program, and how it might show up for you, and then things you can do to really challenge it. Because for a lot of people, perfectionist tendencies tend to get in people's way. Now, you might be wondering, how does this relate to remote work? And This might be a little bit of a departure from the other episodes you've listened to, which are very heavily focused on remote work. But I do think that perfectionism is is definitely related to remote work, especially if you're going to do the type of remote work that includes being a freelancer, a contractor, working for yourself, or building your own business, which I think is a lot of people listening or watching to the remote work retirement show. Because a lot of people that work with me or that find me say things like, well, I want to do my own thing in the long term, but maybe I need a job today, or I kind of want a mix of both. So ultimately, I find that even if people want a traditional job, they eventually want to work for themselves. And I can tell you with guarantee that perfectionism is probably going to come up for you, or at least a lot of people Uh, again, watching or listening to this show. So let's get into it. Let's talk about what perfectionism really is because people throw the word around a lot. They say, oh, I'm a perfectionist. I'm not going to do X, Y, Z because I'm a perfectionist. And I want to start with, you know, perfectionism, I think is very sneaky. And I think a lot of people feel like if they call themselves a perfectionist or think of themselves as a perfectionist, then it really means, or what they think they're saying is that they have high quality. They do really high quality work and they're not going to do subpar work. And so it comes from a good place. It comes from a place of pride, right? Being prideful of the work that you do or wanting to produce a good result or uh, deliver something at the highest value. So I do want to start with, if you say you're a perfectionist like me (laughs) or think you're a perfectionist or feel like you're a perfectionist, you are not a bad person. So let me just start with that because I am going to challenge this a little bit, but I do want to start with, I think that most people come from a place of feeling like being a perfectionist is a good thing. And it does. It comes from a place of, again, probably you want to provide value or do good work. 
However, as I mentioned, I think it is very sneaky. So I want to break this down into a little bit of a formula for you because perfectionism can come up in some very nuanced ways. So the first thing I want you to do, and here's why I'm even talking about all of this. Let me just back up. The reason why I'm talking about this is because if you identify as a perfectionist, then you probably are someone who also procrastinates, drags your feet, uh, feels like you really can't get started on something until you have all your ducks in a row, or you want to get really organized first, right? These are things that I've said to myself that people in remote work school say, these are some really simple ways that you know you're probably a perfectionist, okay? Now, why don't I rule out if you're not a perfectionist? If you're someone who takes action very quickly, if you have an idea and you immediately run with it, if you get inspired and then you want to go out and do that thing that inspires you where you're not questioning it or wondering if it's the right time or you know maybe next year you'll you'll be in a better place like if you take action and if you're willing to do stuff you know it's not your best work but you're willing to do the work and kind of move forward then maybe this episode is not for you but that is a very very small segment of the population okay so getting back into you know, how perfectionism shows up for people. The reason why I want to talk about it is because it can stall you, right? So if you identified as a perfectionist and a procrastinator or a perfectionist and someone who wants to get organized first or get your ducks in a row or any of the other other things I've mentioned, well, then you're not moving forward on something. You're stopped in your tracks, which means that you probably feel bad. You probably feel like, oh, darn it, another month went by. Or you know, another year went by on that thing that I wanted to do and I have not moved forward. And um, I get so passionate about this because this is me. Uh, and I'm going to talk about me a little bit, talk about things I've done. But really, this is, this is probably you and for you. Okay, so it's blocking you from moving forward, probably. And I'm not going to say more importantly, but equally importantly, it's blocking you from helping people. And that is why I think this is so critical. Because likely you're listening to this show because you're someone who wants to do some type of remote work where you're adding value to somebody, an employer, uh, a client, um, people you want to work with. And if you're holding yourself back because you're quote unquote a perfectionist, then those people are not getting helped by you. They're not finding you. They're not getting support from you. You're not helping them. You're not improving their lives. And so never the twain shall meet. You feel bad because you're not moving forward and they feel bad because they don't get your help. Okay. So this is why I want to talk about this because I have suffered from this and you might be suffering from this. And so I want to give you an exercise to potentially help you move forward. Now I want to be real. You're not going to solve your perfectionist tendencies in one episode. Okay. Just listening to this episode or watching this episode, wherever you're watching or listening This isn't going to be solved for you in, you know, a half an hour episode. However, this can lay the foundation to help you start challenging some of these tendencies that you may have. And then I encourage you to put some of these things into practice because a lot of this boils down to practice, little things that you can do every day to fight against this current of perfectionism. Apparently I've got a lot of metaphors today. I think I I think I'm having a good brain day. I call these good brain days when I actually feel like I have the energy and the inspiration to perform my best. 
Back to perfectionism, by the way, I'll tell you. Sadly, most days I don't feel this way. And I am always swimming upstream, up the current of perfectionism on most days, even days that I record this podcast. Uh, But today I think I'm firing on all cylinders. Okay, so let's get into it. With perfectionism, I'm gonna go through five things that you can do. Uh, Let me list the five things and then I'll, I'll break them down one by one. Number one, you need to identify it. Identify when perfectionism comes up. Number two, you need to flip it. Meaning you need to flip it over like a coin and really see what's on the other side of it. Third, you got to challenge it. Fourth, you got to plan it or plan for it. And number five, you have to embrace it. So let's get into these one by one. How do we identify perfectionism? Well, I already gave you a little bit of a clue. And one of the things that you can do is to really identify when you think your perfectionist tendencies or habits, because being a perfectionist means you probably have habitual thoughts or habitual actions that keep reinforcing the perfectionist tendencies. So the first thing you have to do is identify when it's coming up. Now, for me, I can tell you that it comes up for me in thought patterns. So when I need to go do something that feels hard, then I notice, I'm starting to notice more and more that I have these these thought patterns that come up that say things to me in somebody's voice. I think it's my grandmother's voice. My grandmother, Pearl, was such a perfectionist and I could never live up to her standards. I'll talk more about where these things come from in, in a moment. But I have this voice that comes up that's like, it's too hard. I can't learn it. It's going to take too long. I'm not ready. Maybe I should sit down first and really get my game plan together. Like I have all these thoughts that come up, that bubble up, that literally get in my way from moving forward on the thing I want to do. Now, specifically, this has happened to me around learning video. And if you listen to this show in episode two, I talk about the seven predictions for remote work in 2022. And at the end of that episode, I talk about how video is, it's not even the future, it's here. I was gonna say video is the future. Video is the present. Like if you're not already doing some type of video, whether you're doing some sort of YouTube channel or short video that you're putting out somewhere on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook, or if you're not doing video interviews or something, then you're really not at this point current with what's happening with working remotely or even getting on Zoom. Like that's a form of video, right? Um, but I think the future, by the way, of video is, is far more three-dimensional. I think we're getting, you know, I, I've mentioned getting into the metaverse, working in virtual worlds. But for today, let's just talk about video because that was a struggle for me. I, I should be doing more video. I do run a business. So if you're in business for yourself, Again, if you're a freelancer or contractor or business owner, service provider, whatever it is, like if you're not doing video, you are not being found. You are not maximizing your potential for the revenue in your business. Okay. And that's where I was. And I was really struggling with video. I have been dragging my feet with video. It took me like two years to even turn this podcast into a video. It's taking me like a year and a half to want to learn Instagram video and reels and you know, I've tried and quote unquote failed at YouTube video, like all these things, a lot of head noise around this. So today, just this morning, I was like, you know, 
I want to take a little clip of a video and I want to put it out on Instagram. But of course I had all these perfectionist habits around, I can't do it. It's too hard. How do I do it? What do I do? Blah, blah, blah. And that's been haunting me literally for months, maybe even years. So this morning I forced myself to get really focused. I looked at the video. I looked at the piece of the video I wanted to use. I learned how to do it in Canva. And I have talked about Canva before and teaching yourself some software. So I taught myself how to do it. And I'm not kidding you. It took me less than one hour to take this piece of video and get the clip I wanted from it. Now I did some editing to it. It wasn't like I just clipped it. Like I had to figure out how to get captions in there and, you know, make it look nice. I'm not kidding you. It took under one hour. So I really want you to put this in perspective because sometimes all that head noise, all the ways perfectionism might come up for you. If you really just get down to it and focus and commit to doing the work, Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes these things are much less painful in reality than they are in our heads, okay? In my case, it was so much easier to just do the darn thing than it was to think about it probably for hours and hours these past months and cause myself a lot of pain and agony thinking about how hard it was going to be when in reality, it just wasn't that hard. Okay. So you have to identify, we're back to identify it. How does perfectionism come up for you? I really want you to pause this episode or when you're done, like immediately grab a piece of paper and I want you to brainstorm all of the ways. I want you to identify all of the ways that perfectionism comes up for you. Is it in organization? Is it in getting your ducks in a row? Is it, well, maybe after I do this load of laundry, like simple ways, sneaky little ways, these things come up for you. That's number one. Number two, I want you to flip the coin over. So number two is flip it. What I mean by that is perfectionism is one side of a coin and you have to flip the coin over and you have to look at what is on the other side of it. So I talked about how perfectionism is a good thing. It comes from a good place, but there's a shadow side to it. Okay. And this is my psychology background. You got to flip it over and look at, but what's on the other side of it? And usually what's on the other side of your perfectionism is some kind of fear. Okay. It's fear of not doing it right. It's fear of being seen. It's fear of it's not your best work or whatever it is. It's usually some type of fear. Okay. So you, I want you to flip it over. This one's easier. I'm not going to go into a lot of, a lot of depth on this one because I want to get right into the third one, which is challenge, challenge it. But first you got to flip it over after you identify it and really look at it. What is on the other side of that coin? Is it fear of something? Is it um, discomfort, which I'll talk about in a moment. You know, there's a lot of feelings that, that are on the other side of being a perfectionist. Okay. So flip it. Then the third one, my favorite one, I think kind of my favorite one is challenge it. I really want you to challenge whatever it is for you. So if you flipped over your perfectionist coin and what turned up for you was something like fear of being judged by other people, I want you to really challenge it. And the way you do that is I want you to think about what does fear of being judged by other people really look like, like in real world? Is it people criticizing you? Is it people seeing you do something and saying, oh, wow, I can't believe she did that. That's terrible. Um, what does it look like? What does it sound like? Are these real words that people say? Is it a look that somebody gives you? The reason I want you to challenge it is because I want you to ask yourself this question. 
Who is the judge? Is the judge somebody else or is the judge you? Because I can almost guarantee you that the biggest judge, the biggest critic is yourself. Because nine times out of 10, other people aren't probably going to judge you. Or if they do, you're never going to know. You're not going to see it anywhere unless you're on social media. And then you know how that goes. But, you know, we can talk about that in another episode here because I deal with that all the time. But you got to start with yourself. Are you your biggest judge? Are you your biggest jury? Are you your biggest critic? Now, in my case, I mentioned my grandmother. I have internalized the voice of my grandmother. My grandmother was pretty harsh. Um, inside of remote work school, I have this whole lesson around managing money. And because, you know, sometimes uh, getting remote work and, the, and negotiating pay and, you know, asking for the rates that you want, sometimes that's hard because we have some money blocks, okay? In my case, my grandmother, when I was like, I don't know, like 10 or 11, really young, wanted me to open a checking account. And then wanted me to balance my checkbook. Okay. I'm like 10 trying to balance a checkbook. And, um, I failed. I lost a penny and I'm not kidding you. My grandmother, the accountant made me look for that penny and I never found it. And it was just the most agonizing, uh, challenging thing. And, and then she made fun of me. I think she called me dummy or, you know, I don't know, whatever it was. Well, that stuff really haunted me and really made me for a long time bad with managing money. Uh, which of course turns into things like perfectionism. Like, mm, well, I'm not going to manage my checkbook unless it's perfect because I don't want to lose a penny, God forbid, right? These are how these things come up. Now, for a, a person in my remote work school program I was talking to yesterday, this came up for her, the challenge. We're in the challenge it, uh, portion of this, by the way, because we were doing a skills inventory which I talk about a lot. And it, the skills inventory revealed that she was really good at attention to detail, but she had become very detached from her attention to detail because she shared with me that when she was a kid, she and her dad would, wa would watch movies together and she would always notice details about the characters. You know, maybe a guy in the movie used to wear a watch and now he had a funny suntan. And she would point that out and her dad would literally make Fun of her. And, and he, you know, he didn't know he wasn't doing this on purpose. He was joking. But as a little girl, she internalized that and became detached from that part of her actually being a talent, being something good, being a skill or a strength that she could use with doing remote work. It's called a transferable skill, attention to detail. So when she reconnected to that, she realized that she had been hiding that skill or not even hiding it consciously, but she just never thought of it as a skill because she stuffed it away. She thought she would get laughed at in her adult life. Again, not consciously, because now we're really digging into the unconscious here. So you have to challenge these things, right? After you flip it over and identify the fear, where what it is and where it's rooted, then you have to challenge it and say, where does this actually come from? Is this thing even real? Because if you can really challenge that and move away from that, it just makes the perfectionism less of a real thing that gets in your way. Okay. I spent a lot of time on challenge it. So let me move on to the fourth one. And the fourth one is plan it. Now that you've identified how it shows up for you, you've flipped it over to, to see, you know, where's, what is the fear behind it or whatever it is for you. And then you've challenged it. Now you make a plan and you plan to move away from perfectionism. And the plan that you establish is called progress, progress over perfection, which you've 
probably heard of before. And there are some tricks to this. Now, I can tell you that as a big visionary, big picture thinker, that what I tend to do is go from zero to 60. Like I go from having no podcast show to imagining that I'm going to be Oprah Winfrey or some amazing, you know, Mel Robbins, and I'm going to have this amazing studio with the best lights and the best sound. And that's where I get stuck. I'm like, well, that's, I can't do that. (laughs) It's not possible. And so I used to just throw in the towel. Well, if I can't do the most amazing form of my vision, why do it at all? Okay. Well, that's not realistic. So now what we have to do is we have to chunk it down into a plan and we have to say, okay, well, what can you do of this vision? So let me put this into some practical terms. So for me, instead of going from, you know, no podcast to I'm going to be Mel Robbins um, or whoever, it's like, okay, well, why don't I go from no podcast to what do I want to talk about? Let me write some topics down. What are like five to 10 things I want to talk about? And like, get that down on a list. And that's day one, right? And then maybe day two, it's like, all right, well, let me pick the best three of these. And what else do I want to say about them? Are there like five points about each of these that I could talk about? So you start to create a step-by-step process for yourself. You can still hold the vision of what you want to produce, but you have to walk step-by-step into that vision in a very pragmatic way. So let me give you another example. A lot of people in remote work school get really hung up on things like, well, I want to have the most amazing resume before I go apply to a job. Or, well, I have to have the most amazing LinkedIn profile before I start attracting clients, right? They go from like nothing to the most amazing thing. And that's just not that realistic. So we have to start with really small baby steps. Like, okay, well, let's do a skills inventory. What are you even good at? What do you like to do? Which of those are transferable skills? Let's start with that first. Let's focus on that for the next few days. Now we're going to take that and we're going to build the next thing. Now we'll build your summary statement. What is your summary statement? That's the two to three sentence paragraph at the top of your resume that says who you are, what you do, and how you can help. Okay. And we just do this very step-by-step over time. And the other thing, which I'll get to in just a minute, I'm going to get to the last thing here, is that you also have to be willing to not hit that level of perfection. Just because you have this amazing vision in your head of what the thing is that you want to do, what it could look like, it's beautiful, it's the most perfect vision, you're going to have to also get comfortable with not producing that. Because the thing in real life will never look as amazing as the thing in your head. I can almost guarantee it. Ask any artist, okay? And you might be an artist listening to this or a creative person. Artists will tell you that their work is never done. Now, to the layperson, we look at their art or their creative output and we think it's beautiful and amazing. And they look at it and they're like, meh. But they still produce it because that is what the creative process is. True creatives, true artists feel like it's never good enough and they're never done with their work. So you have to be willing to produce something. This is why we say progress over perfection. You have to be willing to produce something rather than producing nothing at all. Now, this brings me to the fifth part of this. So we've talked about identify it, flip it, challenge it, plan it, and now embrace it. So this kind of, the last thing I said sort of leads into this. The other thing you have to embrace, other than probably not producing your level of perfection, you also have to embrace, and this is the key to just about everything, like if you do nothing else, do this one thing, you have to embrace discomfort. 
You have to be willing to experience being uncomfortable with producing progress over perfection. You have to be willing to look at something and say, I don't really like it, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then I'm going to do it again. And then I'm going to do it again. And then again. And over time you improve, but you do have to be willing to accept some feelings that don't feel amazing. (laughs) Okay. Like uh, discomfort. Maybe you do have to judge yourself a little bit and just tune it out. Like I do that almost every day. So I'll give you again, a practical example. I do this podcast both in an audio format and a video format. I don't love the video format. I just don't, I just cannot seem to get my lighting right. It never, like I want a studio. I I used to have, you know, cool stuff behind me. I don't anymore. Um, In my head, it's like a Broadway show, (laughs) okay? Even though I've never been on Broadway, right? Not a Broadway actress. Uh, So that's totally unrealistic, but I've never liked it. But that doesn't matter because the reality is, and I'm going to go back to where I started, is some people want to see this in a video format. So I will produce it for those people because it's not for me, it's for them. It might be for you if you're sitting here watching this with my very weird looking lighting and walls, okay? So let me recap what we talked about today. Perfectionism, how it might show up for you in sneaky little ways. You have to identify how it shows up for you. You have to flip the coin over because you're probably telling yourself that you're a perfectionist because you want to do good work and you probably do but turn it over. What's on the other side of that? Flip it, then challenge it. Where does that come from? Who is the judge? Who's truly judging you? Challenge it. Where does this thing come from, right? Does it come from childhood? Does it come from something that happened that's getting in your way? Then you can plan for it. Plan for progress over perfection. What piece of your vision can you do in the next day, five days, 10 days, month? Put some deadlines around it. Tell yourself, you know what? I'm going to work on this piece of the vision, but I'm only going to work on it for five hours. That's it. If you only have five hours to do it, you're going to get five hours of things done, not 20 hours, right? And lastly, you want to embrace all of this. Embrace progress over perfection. Embrace a little bit of discomfort. Embrace even uh, challenging your own inner critic sometimes, okay? Blocking it out. All right. I hope you found today's episode not only inspiring, but practical. If you are sitting on an idea or sitting on a project, I want you right after this episode to go write down things you're going to do on this project right now. Maybe just pick one of these things I talked about today. Maybe you're going to identify how perfection is getting in your way. Maybe you're going to take today and just challenge it. Maybe you're going to take tomorrow and you're going to do a little bit of planning around it. And the whole time you should definitely be embracing some of the feelings that come up for you. Okay. So don't just listen to this episode, go make an action plan, do something. And then when you're done, I would love to connect with you. Like, let me know how it went. Uh, Join me on Instagram. It's Camille.Atel. Send me a DM. I want to hear about this idea or this project. I want to know what part of it you implemented, or if something's getting in your way, tell me. I respond to every message and I will help you work through it. With that, have a wonderful rest of your day and uh, let's get back to work.